How do we do this again? I don't remember. I think we recorded two episodes last year. I think we did more than that. Did we? I think. Let me look. I think we did Because we were both really sad. Look, last year was hard. (laughs) Can you believe it's 2022? No. Let me see here. We had The Rescuers, Rescuers Down Under, and Million Dollar Duck. So three. And The Great Mouse Detective. Nope. That we recorded. We did that in one in October oh. of 2020. Okay, well, this is going to be our year. <laughs> We're going to try our best, man. Hello, and welcome to Where the People Aren't. I'm Allie. And I'm Jesse. This is a podcast where we talk about Disney movies and how awful and great they are. Basically ruin everything that we loved about our childhoods. We've earned it. Today, we're going to be talking about 2009's The Princess and the Frog. Yeah. One of the few amphibian-themed Disney movies. It's a weird way to categorize it, but all right. It's about frogs. It is about frogs. You are not wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Your right. facts? It's just some year facts. Okay, it's 2009. 2009. Picture it. Picturing. What were you doing in 2009? How old were you? I would have been 24. I was, so I think I'm, I was still with yeah. Ted at this point, which was oh a regret that all of us have. This is when you and I started becoming friends. Like for real friends, yeah. Yeah, I was 22. 22? Yeah, I was 22. Yeah. All right. So 2009, Jesse and I are becoming friends. We're slowly falling in love. Slowly falling in love. Um, Bitcoin is established. Oh, I th- shut up. That was that. I think. So like like everything surrounding book Bitcoin, I'm not totally sure. It's all a horrible nightmare. And it doesn't really make sense. And it's kind of made up. But I'm pretty sure that essentially it was established in 2009. What does that mean? I don't know. Anytime anyone tries to break it down for me, I feel like they're making it up. Right? Between Bitcoin and the NFT bullshit? Like, no, this is all fake. I can't even wrap my mind around NFTs. No, right. Like, I can just write, like, that. I can save your image. I don't need it to be the exact fucking image. No, it doesn't matter. Can it's I just, still see it? Fine. This is, it's something that just seems like such a troll, such a trolling thing. People yeah. are falling for it. On Reddit, I saw somebody got, maybe they're making this up, but her fiance spent like eight thousand dollars on an nft that looks like her and she was like what the fuck is this and he's like it's an investment to what no one's gonna buy your nft no the miracle on the hudson occurs do you remember that oh yeah not really a miracle it was in fact a thing that happened because of two men but an airbus that holds about 150 passengers hits a flock of birds which seems like something you should be able to avoid by now i'm not a commercial pilot but that seems like a pretty like you can't beat nature right, right. it hits a flock of birds and that causes engine failure the pilots managed to navigate the plane into a smooth water landing in the hudson river saving everyone on board no one died Ooh. it was later adapted into the film sully Starring right. Tom Hanks as pilot. Tom Hanks, yeah. Yes, uh, as Chelsea Sullenberger and Aaron Eckhart as Jeff Skiles, who is apparently not important enough to be part of the the title of the film. Also, I think this is right around the time that Tom Hanks was in that movie where he played the naval dude. Oh with yeah, the with pirates. the pirates. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember what that was called, but Me he either. he really went through like a. Captain Man- Manning a vessel phase, yeah. Anyway. Huh. 
uh, hey, guess who was sworn in as the first black president in 2009? It was Barry O. Barry O. The left, I wrote, the left briefly celebrates before resigning itself to another typical liberal presidency. Yeah. At the very least, the Obamas appear to have a happy, healthy marriage where no one openly hates each other, a trait the following president was not able to replicate. What a low fucking bar. They're happy, too. They're still just, like, slobbering all over each other. You love to see it. They've been married for, like, 30 years. Plus, she's hot. Did you see? I saw there was this article, like, an op-ed piece in the New York Times about this woman who just, like, clearly hates her husband and thinks it's normal to hate your spouse. It's That's such a common thing. Like, that's part of marriage is that you just hate your spouse. And I'm sure you're going, like, why do I we know. think that's okay? I don't know. Right? Like, why would you think that it's okay that, you know, your husband irritates you to the point of hating him? I don't know. I, Will and I have been together for all more. We're coming up on eight years here pretty quick. And he's still my favorite person to spend time with. Right. Connor and I are almost at 12 and like he's my best friend like I didn't marry somebody not my best friend like Connor's my second favorite person to spend time with so (laughs) you spend so much time with him a lot of time he did bring us drinks on the pirate ship he did what a guy multiple drinks (laughs) yeah he's a good good guy um yeah that's like mind-blowing I don't understand this culture of like oh you're not supposed to like your spouse like why the fuck would you marry someone why would you get married why even you don't do have it? to get you don't have to marry anybody if you don't literally, want to. No one's making you. You can nope. literally do everything that you can do as a married person on your own. Yeah. Well, your taxes change, but that's it. Yeah, but that's pretty minimal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, this is a tricky one. Iceland elects the world's first openly lesbian world leader. Nice. I had to type this out phonetically. <laughs> Prime Minister Johanna Sigardard. Sigurdar Duter. Well, all right. Johanna Sigurdar Duter. Oh, excellent. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of O's. There's a lot of dots. Um, The video I watched to (laughs) get her pronunciation referred to her as the first female prime minister in the world, which is for sure not true. The first prime minister was, I don't remember her name, but she was in Sri Lanka in like the 1960s. But also that was some great shade of Margaret Thatcher because fuck Margaret Thatcher. Fuck Margaret Thatcher. Also, swine flu. Hey, remember swine flu? Oh, God. that happened. Can that was two thousand nine. Swine flu. It's just a flu. That was that was fine. We uh, didn't have lockdowns with swine flu. No, we didn't. The country. Nope. Avatar, the world's most overrated movie, was Ugh. released. I hate that movie. I was one of the only movies I ever went to by myself. Yeah. I just wanted to see it. Everyone else has seen it, and I was like, oh, it's not very good. It was also, beautiful, but it was stupid as fuck. It was fine. It was just like Pocahontas. In space. In space. And you know how I feel about that. <laughs> um, also, the Twilight Saga, New Moon, which I'm pretty sure you and I saw. Well, we saw all of them. We saw all of them. That's, Every single that's, one. That's when we cemented our love story. Mm-hmm. Went and saw that one. Not good. New Moon, but- you said? Yes, that's the moon, one where the she sits one. in a chair and it just like spins around, around goes around. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. February, March. That's April. the one where it's literally that in the book. It's just like blank pages, yes. and it's just she February, couldn't think of anything. March, She's the woman's April. a millionaire. And on my mother's birthday, Aww, December eleventh, mm-hmm, the Princess and the Frog was released. It was Disney's 49th animated feature film, and it was the first one to portray a black lead character. It only took a hundred years. Only, well. 100 years? Yeah, probably around there. Somewhere. Yeah, so close. We're going to round it up to 100 years. It was like, yeah, close enough. Doesn't make it any better. Nope. The Princess and the Frog was directed by John Musker and Ron Clements, who are 
people we've talked about and heard about before, they did Aladdin. They did The Great Mouse Detective. Disney royalty. They did a whole bunch of other movies that I'm sure we'll hear their names many times to come. Music was done by Randy Newman. Mm-hmm. It had a budget of $105 million, and with a box office of $271 million, somehow it was still not considered a success. Tough crowd. Tough crowd. Hardworking and ambitious Tiana dreams of one day opening the finest restaurant in New Orleans. Her dream takes a slight detour when she meets Prince Naveen, who has been turned into an amphibian by the evil Shadow Man. Mistaking her for a princess and hoping to break the spell, Naveen plants a kiss on poor Tiana, thereby turning her into a frog as well. The pair hop along on an adventure through the bayous to seek the help of a powerful voodoo priestess. Mama Odie? Mama Odie? Mama Odie? Do they ever actually refer to her as a voodoo priestess? I don't know. I can't remember. I don't know. It's a good question. They might. I watched this one a while ago. It has a 7.1 out of 10 on IMDb, an 85% on Rotten Tomatoes, 73% on Metacritic, and the classic Google yes no of 80%. It was nominated for a few Oscars, I believe mostly for music. It didn't win any out of that. It didn't win anything. It was the winner of the best screenplay by the African American Film Critics Association. It was the winner of Animated Effects for the Annie Awards and Character Animation and Voice Acting for the Annie Awards as well. It was also the winner for the Best Voice Performance and Best Song by the Black Reel Awards and Film Music by the BMI Film and TV Awards. It I had don't know a any gazillion of those. other nominations as well all over the place. Okay. One gazillion. One gazillion. It's a very technical term. I counted every single one. So, should we talk about the origin story? I would love it if you did. Loosely based on The Frog Princess by Edie Baker, which is in turn very loosely based on The Frog Prince from The Grimm Brothers. I'm going to start with The Grimm Brothers just so we all know what it is. So in The Grimm Brothers a story, a young princess is playing by a well with a golden ball, and in a move that is shocking to no one, she drops it down the well. Why do you have a golden ball? Because you're a princess. Some pretty bougie shit, isn't it? You have a golden ball because you're a princess. Like, what else do people give you? Mm-hmm. She then proceeds to cry so hard and so loud that a frog comes up and is like, damn bitch what's wrong even a rock would feel bad for you right now oh shit she tells him she dropped her ball and that she would give anything to get it back the frog says if i get your ball i get to be your companion and eat from your plate and sleep in your bed this doesn't seem like a fair trade-off right she immediately says yes but is like what's up with this frog that wants to be my companion obviously he can't leave his pond Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the frog brings the ball back and she runs off to play and promptly forgets everything she said the next day, the frog shows up, and the king is like, dude, you got to keep your promises. You told this frog it could be your companion. you got to fucking honor that. Right. Like, How old suck is she? it up. Uh, 14. Oh, Jesus I Christ. Think. No, I'm sorry. She's 14 in the book that it's based on, but she's like a kid, right? Whatever. Kids okay. are stupid. So he makes her pick up the frog and let it eat from her plate, and the princess is distraught, but she does it, and then she picks him up and takes him to her room later, and she tries to just, like, stick him in a corner and go to bed, and he's like, uh, no, put me in your bed, or I'm gonna tell your dad, because I'm a big old tattletale. <laughs> tattletale. And she's just, like, pissed. So she picks him up and throws him at a wall. Holy shit, this girl's crazy. Right? And then he's just suddenly a prince? There's no kissing sure. in the Grimm story at all? She does kiss not the, kiss the prince. Kiss the wall. He kissed the wall. <laughs> and then, apparently, he's just her husband, because the king just says so. She's, like, seven. Yeah, probably, like, Snow White, seven years old. She's seven years old. Seven years old, guys. Not to belabor the point. Seven years old. She's seven years old. So anyway, that's the Grimm story. As always, it's... It's pretty fucked up. Pretty fucked up. They're good at that. They were working through a lot of stuff, those two. Yeah. 
The summary of The Frog Princess from Edie Baker seems like a pretty typical fairy tale retelling for middle schoolers. I probably would have been all over this book if I'd found it when I was like 12. Mm-hmm. It would have been my shit. I would have been so excited about it. The main character is Emerilda. Um, Emerilda? Something like that. AKA Emerilda? Emma. Emerilda, maybe? Emma. It's spelled like Emerald with an A okay. at the end. Um, but she goes by Emma, who's apparently not a very good princess of Greater Greensward, and she apparently laughs like a donkey. I don't know why that's important, but it was in every synopsis I found. The only person that appreciates her is her aunt, Gracina, the current green witch. Why, yes, it does appear that everything has green-themed names in this book. Subtle. Her mother, Queen Chartreuse, which is a word I can never say right. I thought Chartreuse was like a yellow. No, it's like a greenish yellow. It's definitely a green, though. Says she has to marry a prince, so she runs away, ends up kissing a frog who happens to be a prince... Turns into a frog herself, so I guess that's our mm-hmm. basis here. And then they go on an adventure full of hijinks to find the witch that cursed the prince. What was his name? Oh, I don't remember. I didn't write it down. Mossy. I think it was just her kingdom that had green names. Because like the prince she was supposed to marry had oh. a different name. Oh, yeah. No, I was going overboard without them. Honestly, the movie The Princess and the Frog bears very little resemblance to either the Grimm story or the Frog Princess book. They picked like a single thing out for right. it. Right. Okay. And that was about it. All right, Allie, what did you think of this movie? I really like this movie. I saw it, I think I saw it in theaters when it came out, and I've always thought that it was just really charming, and um, I know it was hand hand animated, and you can tell mm-hmm. it's got a little bit more heart in it. I think you guys went and saw this when we moved you, like, either into or out of your parents' house. I can't remember which way it was going. This would have been out of... Yeah, so, and yeah. then, like, you guys all went to the movie, and I watched... Abby and Evan. I don't remember that, but that seems like that was not very kind of us to abandon you with the children. No, I was excited about it. I love babies. Oh, okay. All right, great. But consequently, I'm not actually sure I ever watched this movie. Really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Like, I was watching this. I was like, I don't remember any of this, like, at all. So I don't think I ever actually watched this movie. What did you think of it? Um, it felt a little pandering. Think so? Yeah. And I think we're going to get into this a lot more. But it felt they were like, oh, well, we got to have a black princess. Yeah. Here we go. Here you go. And like I, the opening of it felt like a straight to DVD movie with the music, with the music and the title, like just oh. splashed across the screen. I don't know what it is, but I was like, this feels like a straight to DVD movie. Interesting. And the music just always kind of felt like it wasn't mixed in well, mm-hmm. like the sound, like actually audibly mixed in well. It always felt like it was separate. Okay. I don't know. I. <sighs> I have issues with this movie. I'm not sure that I actually liked it. Wow. All right. Oh, so we're going to fight. Okay. We're gonna fight about this. I think that might be the first time. I think part of it is because I'm watching it really critically for the first time like I've ever watched yeah, it. If just... you don't have any sort of like emotional connection to it, for sure, I can see how that would be a thing. Yeah. So like when I'm looking at it and watching it to, to make notes for a podcast about it, right. I think that probably gives me a very different impression than right. otherwise. Well, let's, uh, let's go fisticuffs. All right. Let's, let's fisticuffs this up. Let's dive in. Yeah, let's dive in. All right. So this was Disney's brief return to traditional hand animation. It was mm-hmm. the first one since Home on the Range, which I don't even remember. Hand animation. Hand animation? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so it was the first one since Home on the Range in 2004, and it was the most successful hand animated film since Lilo and Stitch in 2002, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it was I the most so. successful overall since Tarzan in 1999, which is makes me wonder why they kept acting like like so a lot of things I read. They were like, "Oh, well, it didn't do as well as we thought it would do." Like, what? Yeah, I'm wondering what they were expecting, like for it to get blown out of the water. 
Well, and it's kind of weird to me, too, because, like, traditionally, a December release was a bad thing. You Yeah, that's true. Right like, before it, Christmas. It was originally supposed to release on Christmas, apparently. But what was... Oh, it was uh, Elvin and the Chipmunks. The Squeakle was the coming squeakle, out yeah, on Christmas. Right. So they yep. pushed it back a couple Yeah, you don't want to compete with... Who was the in that? Squeakle. Jason Lee. Oh, I think it was. The star power of Jason Lee. <laughs> That'll definitely steal your audience. Mm-hmm. When Disney first announced the movie, the main character was going to be Maddie, a chambermaid. Hmm. This was met with a lot of backlash. Yep. People felt ma- that Maddie was too close to the derogatory term mammy, and that the chambermaid was a little too close to slave for comfort. Yeah, I can see I can see their objections. Yep. There were also questions about it being set in New Orleans after Katrina had forced the expulsion of a large number of mostly black residents. How do you feel about that? Um... I think if it were modern day, it'd be a lot more egregious. I'm wondering who the criticism was from. Um, I saw it across a number of arguments. Okay. Mostly Because if I it f- was from like white people who were speaking on behalf of people of color, which does tend to happen a lot. You know, I wasn't paying that close attention. I don't think it was, though. There was a lot it's of been- conflicting feelings in sure the black community about this movie of course some of it was like yay representation some of it was like okay but could have done better yeah that's kind of the the whole thing though isn't it with any kind of representation right like, Good. oh no <laughs> to that point almost every person in high level production of this movie was white yeah that tracks there was one of the screenplay writers that was black i got a lot of stuff from the gamer.com so i don't know how accurate any of it is but one of the things i read was that the the writing team was concerned about representation, so they like sent the script to Oprah, and that's how she got involved because yeah, Oprah she is, was like, like a technical qu- consultant. She's or like something. the queen of the black people, so she speaks for everyone. It was a very strange thing. I have yeah. no idea if that's true or not. That seems no. Like... She was a technical consultant. Was on she the really film before she was cast as the mother? What does that mean? Technical in what way? I did not see anything that actually indicated why she was a consultant. But I would assume it was like, is oh, this we offensive? Gotta... Is this offensive? Is right. this offensive? Like maybe if you just had some black people working on it, they would yeah. tell you. And not just Oprah. Not just Oprah, the like most out of touch rich black person. She is also, please remember, responsible for both Dr. Oz and Dr. Phil. God, seriously, what the yeah. fuck, Oprah? I bet if Dr. Oz didn't exist, we would have less issues with the pandemic. Yeah. Dr. Yeah. Oz is not he's, yeah. not he's not he's not a good person. Yeah, it's kinda like doctor. um Ben Carson and that he was like brilliant surgeon, but my yeah. God, did he get everything else wrong? Yeah. So I talked about this a bit in the first Rescuers movie. I love Down Home Bayou shit. I love it. I think it is a rich culture. I think it is fascinating. I think it's a, a really fantastic, like kind of like Appalachian. I love Appalachian culture. It's like a very unique amalgamation of like different cultures and different parts of the world coming together, which like it sounds really hokey, but that is kind of like, I think, w- what they intended America to be. It's like, here's a mm-hmm. bunch of just shit and it's just thrown together and it makes this whole new thing. Is this like a good representation of that? Probably not. No, but if something is set in the bayou... You're in? I'm in. I've never seen Interview with the Vampire. Oh, really? No. I've seen bits and pieces of it. I haven't seen it in fucking years. Forever. Forever. But I just had to say that. I don't know, again, how accurate this is, but I found it across multiple websites. So there is apparently a official, like, um, uh, what's what I'm looking for? Classification? Yeah, there's like a specific classification for being a Disney princess. Like there's a bunch of rules you have or like categories you have to fall into. 
Hmm. And Tiana is one of 12 official Disney princesses. So, Weird. yeah, these are the specifications. You, or the, This is the criteria. You must be either born into royalty or marry into it or perform a heroic act like Mulan. Your movie must be a musical. Hmm. You must have a primary role in the movie. You must have a love interest. And your film must be a box office success. So this is all oh, very that's like... That sounds really like... Yeah, it's very like weirdly a weird combination of like capitalistic and like heteronormativity. All I know is that this disqualifies Princess Leia as being an official Disney princess. And that's I'm not right. here for that. So that's fuck right. Them. She it does. She is a Disney princess, and they can suck my dick. I'm trying to remember who it's like. Cinderella. It's Snow the ones you always see in the, the pictures. Whole, probably. Yeah, it's yeah. all of them. Which is, but I didn't know there was like a criteria for Neither it, which I thought I. was really strange. Never heard that. Weird. Here's another one that I saw across a lot, and I remember when the movie came out. This was floating around. Beyonce was originally offered the opportunity to audition for the role, and she really wanted it, but she didn't think she needed to audition because she's Beyonce. And like, I'm not here for that. I I like a humble person. You have as much shot as anybody else, so she just refused to audition, and she didn't get it. <laughs> you know what? I respect that. So that's that's funny. Um, it went to Anika Noni Rose. Mm-hmm. And she's amazing. So she did a great job. She did a fantastic job. So you know, you snooze, you lose, Beyonce. I guess so. And that's all. You mentioned earlier the music was done by Randy Newman. Our king, Alan Menken, was initially supposed to compose the music, but John Lasseter, who at that point was the new CCO of Disney, thought that it was too close to the release of Enchanted, which Menken had also scored for. So scored for. So he insisted on another artist being brought in which could have been super, super lame, except they brought in Randy Newman, who is great. Also, John Lasseter got fucking Me Too'd in 2017. Yeah, and he's a fucking creep, so. My thing is why they didn't find, like, an African-American composer. There aren't any, I guess. There are none. They couldn't find one. But, like, that, because, like, that would have been such an easy way to have a real noticeable, like, African-American influence into this film. This is, like, what also... It blows my mind about this kind of thing. Even if you're just like some dude who only cares about like making money for your movie, this is good optics. Look at it from like that standpoint. Right? That's what you care about. You don't care about like the actual social aspect of it. It looks so, good. I remember I read something when I was going through this. Like if this movie were made today, it would have a whole black production group behind it, right? Like it and would this have is, directors and producers and musicians that were This black. movie's only th- what, 13 years old. Yeah, it's not oh great. <laughs> I'm going to be 35 next month. Yeah, I'm going to be 37 this year, so. I hate this. So do I. Uh, Frank Welker is back. Frank Welker back of the 860 plus credits on IMDb, mostly for Animal Sounds. He is the Basset Hound Stella. I mean, Animal Sounds put that man's children through college they sure fucking did he did Love it well and did great on it tiana was inspired by a famed new orleans restaurateur leah chase she's a black chef whose restaurant dookie chase was <laughs> named one of the 40 most important restaurants in the last 40 years by food and wine her restaurant was pivotal to the civil rights movement in the 1960s in new orleans mm-hmm. they would hold like secret gatherings and meetings in some of her meeting rooms of the restaurant and it the restaurant was so popular that even though the cops knew they were having these meetings, they couldn't shut down this restaurant because of the backlash they would face. 
Imagine cops not doing something because of the backlash. God, could you imagine? It was not a simpler time, and yet, and yet. So to get kind of get a little bit into why I had some issues with this movie and mm-hmm. why it felt like pandering, there was a 2010 essay published by the Journal of African American Studies, and it was written by Sir educator Sarita McCoy Gregory. It summed up the ambivalence of some of her observers. Disney's attempt to render blackness visible and human must be read against its objective by of maintaining whiteness in the movie. Food and jazz share the burden of serving as metaphors for colorblindness and black humanity, leaving the audience with a feeling of accomplishment that they have moved beyond race in their acceptance of Tiana as a princess. Well, sure. Yeah. So I think that this movie really tries to just ignore what the 1920s would have been like for a black woman in favor of romanticizing the jazz age of New Orleans. Yeah, I don't think that they try to ignore it so much as they try to rewrite it. Well, I mean, it's this is smack in the middle of Jim Crow laws. Yep. Like there's this the way this movie portrays the world is that there's no segregation or issues or trouble at all and like this was the south in the yeah. 20s. Yeah, I touched on that a little bit pretty soon. It's definitely idealizing things that are not accurate at all. And I think this 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 next one also kind of leans toward the pandering side for me. Um, one of the writers, Rob Edwards, said The Princess and the Frog was a princess movie for people who don't like princess movies. Why can't we just have a black princess movie? Maybe we can like princess movies and want a black princess. Why does she have to be the princess movie for non-princess movie people? This kind of reminds me of like for many, many, many years until kind of recently, but not even still. You can't have a movie that is about like say your lead is a gay person without the movie being about the fact that your lead is a gay person. Right. It can't just be like a love story between two guys. It's like a movie about this dude is gay. And like, that's the whole point of the story. Like you can't organically just create a thing. It has to be like this weird identity. Right. Like it's, it's, yeah. And it's, I don't know, especially when you're trying to do a historical film set in a different, in like in a time period where we already have stuff. Mm -hmm. It's, you have to, give at least some credence to what it was actually like at that time. Yeah. Like, I don't think that she would have been able to even buy a restaurant, period, on her own. I don't think that would have even happened. Like, even this woman that she's loosely based on, it was her husband's family restaurant that she ended up taking over Mm. and making into what it was. It wasn't like it was something she went out and bought. Because I don't think she would have been able or allowed as a black woman in the 1920s in New Orleans to buy land. No, probably not. Especially like in the city proper. Yeah. Like, I just don't think that would have been in any way probable. Anyway, now on that bummer note, should we get into the movie? Let's just go into the movie. It is... Do we know what year it is? Like, okay, so this is World War One. Is it before World War One? Yeah, because her father fights in World War One. They show his picture later. Oh, at the very beginning. Okay, so it's hard because it's set both in the twenties, but then at one point, like when think when she's going to work and she hops on like the train car or on the car, like the streetcar. There's a guy with a newspaper that says Wilson reelected, which would have been 1916. Oh, because he's only served two terms, and that was his second term. Well, look at you, little Sherlock Holmes, doing some historical digging. So. The time period on this is a little bit. We're gonna say the, er- mixed, the, the but. early part of the 20th century. So, yeah, 19 teens. We'll just 19 say 19 teens. Yeah, around 19, probably 1905. We're gonna say no later than that. Well, in the very beginning, oh, she's oh, a in the very kid. beginning, yeah, probably. She's just a little, little baby. She's a little baby kitty. So we open. Um, I don't remember how it opens. We're in New Orleans, and is it? It opens with Charlotte and. 
Yana. So Charlotte is her friend who is very wealthy. They're very small. They're probably like, what, seven? The little, little kids, yeah. And I, my first note in this part is that the best acting in this movie is Oprah pretending to be poor. <laughs> so it's Oprah. Her name is Eudora. She's a seamstress, like a master seamstress. And she has a little child named Tiana. And Tiana's best friends are Charlotte, who's like this wealthy. Of course, we have the dead mother. Charlotte's yes. mother is dead or she ran off or something. So it's she's being raised and spoiled by her father, who's played by John Goodman. John Goodman. I was like, is that John Goodman? It is John excited. Goodman, America's hero. America's and hero. Eudora is sewing all of these princess dresses for the girls, but she's telling them the story of the frog prince. Yes. We call and that foreshadowing. Charlotte is super, super into the story. She is into it. And I understand Charlotte because I would have fucked up these dresses when I was a little girl. Oh, I yeah. was super girly when I was really small. And she was like, I, ca- I just can't wait to meet a prince and become a princess. I love Charlotte. Because <laughs> Tiana's like, I will never, ever, ever kiss a frog. And Charlotte's like, I'd kiss a hundred frogs if I meant I could become a princess. Tiana's right. Frogs are gross. But if you could become a princess... I want to be a princess. That's a lot of work. I'd be an old school princess. I don't have to do shit. Pop out a couple kids and just live in luxury. (laughs) So they finish up the story and then she puts the, she's like strangling this cat. She was animal abuse. Yep. Super animal abuse. She's puts the hat on it and is trying to get it. And the cat just like literally clings to the ceiling. Yeah. And then what? Stop harassing that poor kitty. Her her dad shows up and he's buys her a bunch more shit. I don't remember. She calls him big daddy. Does she call him Big Daddy then or is it not until later? Maybe. Mm. It's somehow creepier remember, when she's like, older. When she says it in the restaurant, I was like, that is not okay. Especially how she says it. Yeah. So then we go, we have Tiana and her mom go home and they're cooking and sewing or whatever. And she adds a single dash of Tabasco to this giant pot and somehow that makes everything better. Her father's like, come and chase my gumbo. And she puts shit in it. And then, oh, this is big family moment. They love, they, they don't have much, but they have each other. And then he's like, all right. He goes on this porch with this like giant beat up gumbo pot. And he's like, everyone, come eat gumbo. And like, this is poor people sharing their meager food. That's fucking socialism. Sure is. But that is sharing your goods. And they're putting her to bed, and she's still got that paper crown on her head. Yeah, How did that paper, paper crown. crown stay on her head? Magic. Magic. Straight up. And then it falls, she falls asleep, and then we have the whole like title card, and then she wakes up, and we find out that, A, dad's dead. Yep. Been a while. Dad's dead. Daddy is dead. It looks like he died in World War One. is what we're assuming, because we see a picture of him in his uniform. Yes. And we find out that she is a she is the first gainfully employed Disney princess. She has two jobs, and she is a server at two different restaurants. And being a woman of color who is a server in the early part of the 20th century in a deeply southern city, that's a hard-ass job. Yeah. That woman was hustling. Oh And she, we find out she's saving up for a restaurant. She's saving her nickels Literally and her pennies. things in a can in her drawer. That Scrooge drawer must spell. weigh a fucking ton. That, yeah, it's going to collapse. Absolutely. And then she's taking the streetcar. And- the soundtrack starts. Great soundtrack, I'm going to say. The songs are great. Randy Newman knows what he's doing. And then she's going to work and we get all sorts of... Like, the thing I really liked about this is the animation is... It is all the hand animation, you can tell. And it's got that depth of detail that I yes. feel like it's missed with computer animation mm-hmm. because I think that you're just not spending as much time with it and a computer computer animation whereas on hand animation like oh well this maybe needs a little bit more here or here mm-hmm. or whatever so you get a lot more of that depth actually I did read they did 
the backgrounds were still done digitally. They were just done with like on like a tablet or like on like a tablet. pad. Yeah. yeah. So that, but it was still hand drawn just onto the tablet rather than okay. done with a computer. So that's. Yeah, it has more cool. attention to detail. It has a lot more attention to detail, a lot more of just like visual storytelling of what you see and what you're looking at and mm-hmm. all of the stuff. And I thought it was really pretty. So she's at, she she gets to, I think, it, is it Cal's or Duke's? I think Duke's. I think it's at Duke's. So she's doing her morning shift at Duke's and she's a server and John Goodman shows up and he's just like, oh, Tiana, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. And so she gives him food and then Charlotte shows up and that's when she calls him Big Daddy, but she's an adult. She's like, oh, did you tell a Big Daddy? I'm like, Ugh. Oh, yeah, it's just it's not good. Very mm-hmm. creepy. It's very creepy. Oh, and we find out that that Big Daddy is the, he's the king of the Mardi Gras. Yes. King of the Mardi that Gras. That becomes important later. Is he, is he the one that gave like the stack of cash to the newsboy too? Yes, that's right. So while she was on the streetcar, you see him buy a newspaper off of a small black child and tip the kid like two thousand dollars because he's a good white yes this is when we first see the shadow man too isn't it i think so he yeah, sees this little him. boy get tapped tipped and he's like hmm he probably yeah. went and like knocked over that kid later yeah he for sure robbed for that sure. child just become a newspaper boy right that's definitely how it works there's totally a whole movie about how they didn't get fucked over big daddy charlotte has way too much energy for me she is just like she's hyper she's on meth for sure but I would also shut right up if somebody shoved a beignet in my mouth. So mm-hmm. I've never yeah. had a beignet. They're just like fried dough, man. It's like a donut, similar. right? I think it's similar. I think it's. I don't think it's quite the same texture. It's got. It's mm. like little like squares of dough. I'll eat it. I'll eat it. I love fucking dough. And then Charlotte is just like some like oh spark of inspiration. Will you make beignets for my? masquerade ball happening tonight she asked yeah. for 500 she, beignets she asked for a batch of your man catching beignets and I, I looked up some recipes for beignets this is like 20 batches of beignets that she's that's a lot for. and t- clearly tiana has to work all day yet yeah she's like, got a full-time job charlotte your silver spoon is showing here girl like come on and so charlotte just like throws a couple stacks of cashes at tiana Tiana's like yep this will do it because she's trying to save up for this particular restaurant yes. that she has in so mind. So then she goes, and then we get her handing, or like they're taking away the for sale sign, and she's going yeah. to this building. And I'm sorry, but Tiana, this place is a fucking dump. There is a hole in the ceiling. There are leaves all over it. And her mom's with her, and they're like, she's sweeping around and cleaning up, and her mom's all like, oh, stop thinking about your career. You gotta get a man. I want some yeah. grandbabies. Get on this. Like, mom. It's rude. It's pretty rude. rich coming from Oprah. Right? Jeez, Oprah. She didn't have any kids. And just a, a ton of money. Just a ton of it. God, I want to be And Stedman. <laughs> and then we get Almost There, which great is a song. great song and a really cool visually. I really love the animation of that, especially how she's just doing mise en place in a white get in a white dress yeah for the animation the character animation was done on paper and then they scanned it straight into photoshop instead of going through the cleanup oh that's funny so to make it look more like paint strokes and artistically animated rather than yeah. like actual cleanup animation i thought it was funny like she flips up that ladder in one of the parts of the yeah. song and i just wrote it's because her biceps are fire from carrying so many plates she's got some guns she does her, have for some sure. guns and then, so she's then she's, she's sweeping, and it's like sweeping is great, Tiana, but it's not going to bring your building up to code. Uh, yeah, OSHA wasn't a thing yet because OSHA happened after the duck. Mm-hmm. You know that from our last episode. Mm-hmm. But there probably was some like zoning issues. There had to have been, but like there's literally a hole in the ceiling. Probably more than one. Probably it was massive. There's a lot of spider webs. Uh-huh. You know, I don't love a spider web, despite everything. I don't like spiders. And then I think at some point in here the 
prince shows up. So, yeah, the whole point is that the prince of Maldonia is visiting and he's going to be going to Charlotte's masquerade ball and she wants to marry him because she wants to be a princess as earlier established when she was I a mean, child. stick to your goals, sister. You know what? <laughs> Keep your eyes on the prize, Lottie. And he disembarks from his vessel and he's, he's, you can see him all, he's like this handsome, coffee-skinned guy. He's having a good time. His pants are very high on his, on his waist. They're coming up to his nipples. He's <laughs> playing a guitar and doing some soft shoe with the kids. Like, you can tell he's just having a great, he's just having a great time. And he's got his manservant, Lawrence, I believe his name is. He's kind of following name. him around. Yeah, big handsome guy and short, little, weird-looking fat guy. Yep. He looks... Prince Naveen, that's his name, Prince Naveen. Mm -hmm. He looks like they just colored Prince Eric a different color. He looks very much like Prince Eric. It feels very similar to like in Aladdin where it was the pretty people are very white coated mm -hmm. and the bad guys are lots of stereotypes. So, like if you look at the yep. shadow man, he's got the gap in his teeth and the big exaggerated yeah. features and big lips, big lips, yep. big like boniness. It's like, it's just very awful stereotypes. And then it's pretty bad. Yeah, and Naveen is just like... It's a very Western features. Very European Western features. Just, and this is one of the complaints that I saw a lot of is that he wasn't black. Like, he didn't mm -hmm. really read as black to African-American people. Is he black? Where is Maldonia? Well, and I think that was one of the arguments is why can't we have a black prince as well as a black princess? And also, interracial yeah. marriage was also illegal at the time. So there's a, um, like, 2003... It was the Wonderful World of Disney adaptation of The Music Man with Matthew Broderick. Mm -hmm. And that is set in 1912 in Iowa. And I remember watching it and thinking, it's a lot of interracial couples from 1912 in Iowa because they were just like <laughs> pandering, pandering, pandering. Yeah. Pretty interesting. I remember that. It's a lot of black wives and white husbands in this town. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, one of the quotes I found about Prince Naveen is, Disney obviously doesn't think a black man is worthy of the title of prince. His Oof. hair and features are decidedly non-black. This has left many in the community shaking their head in befuddlement and even rage. Oh, boy. Which I think is kind of fair. Like, he's not. Sure. He's very, very white-coated, very Eurocentric features and stuff. And it's just kind of crappy that we couldn't have both. Yeah. Very behind the times. Yeah. Still. And then they meet the Shadow Man. Yeah, the Shadow Man just kind of butts in like, hey, how's it going, folks? Uh, also, side note about the Shadow Man, I love that his shadow is like a separate entity. Yeah, kind of like Peter Pan, but yeah. more of a dick. Malicious Peter Pan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Love it. So they, they get suckered into following the Shadow Man into his shop or whatever, and he's going to do a tarot reading. He does a tarot reading, um, which this is part of Friends on the Other Side, which is, I think, one of the great Disney villain songs. I love this song mm -hmm. a bunch, but it does have the, this is where the, the customary fat shaming comes in, and they're making fun of Lawrence. Yep. So it's good to get that out of the way early on. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that Lawrence, Naveen's butler, attache, whatever we want to call him, is a ladder climbing dick, so no one's shocked by that. And so they both agree to deal with the Shadow Man, I guess, and Naveen gets turned into a frog. I don't think he knew that was going to happen. I don't think it was on his plans, no. Still, yeah, he turned into a frog. He turns into a frog, and then we go to the masquerade that Charlotte's yeah, throwing, Yeah, now right? we're at the masquerade, and Charlotte's like... Where was Prince Naveen? And then she says one of my favorite lines that I actually say in my life pretty regularly. <laughs> I swear I'm sweating like a sinner in church. <laughs> I have heard you say that repeatedly. I love it. 
the costumes that we see are great. There's a guy's giraffe. There's a dude dressed like an octopus who somehow manages to pick up eight separate drinks at one time. That's dedication. It was impressive, that. and I would like to know how his costume was constructed. Yeah, for real. And then, so Charlotte's sweating, and she's she she says the line, "I never get anything I wish for," and that just does not seem likely, Charlotte. I think that maybe that was on purpose because she's clearly so spoiled. Think so, but I don't know. And so Tiana's there. She is, I guess, making got, up beignets. She, I guess, that she just has the beignet stand, you know, like you do at a masquerade, and and she is feeding people and blah blah blah, and everyone is happy, and we hear like, "Oh, Stella, Stella is the um dog." Voiced by Frank Wuckler. And she's dressed up like a kind of like a medieval wench, maybe. Yeah. Should we say? Yeah. And who who stumbles along but her realtors? Yes, because she told them she would sign the papers at the ball. Which doesn't seem like a great place to conduct business. No. But it doesn't Everyone's matter. Everyone's been drinking. And then they're like, oh, yeah. Well, thank you for the beignets, Tiana. By the way, you were outbid and they paid cash. Anyway, bye. And she's like, what the fuck? And like, yeah, whatever. Oh, and they do say the line, good. a little woman of your background, which manages to hit classism, misogyny, and racism all at one shot. Can't say that they're not efficient. They're not efficient. So yeah, wouldn't be able to keep text. up a restaurant like that anyhow. Thanks You're for the beignets. You're just a little girl. You can't do shit. And they wander away. And then, I don't remember, something happens that she gets a bunch of shit all over her. So then she's got to go change. Uh, yeah, something happens. Yeah, I don't remember. Was the Is the frog? No, the frog hasn't showed up yet. No, I think that she like, maybe it's Stella. It's the dog. Yeah, something happens. I don't know. Something remember. happens that she gets shit all over her. She has to go upstairs and change. And, and so like, Charlotte here. brings her upstairs and goes, I got something you can wear. And she gives her a, a beautiful dress. Lovely dress. It's lovely. And she's like, oh, you just look like a, you look so beautiful. Like she's, honestly, Lottie's like a pretty good person. She's Lottie's shallow. A pretty good, she's a solid friend. friend. She's, she's a pretty good friend. She's a little bit naive. And I, am, I, I do have to say, though, this one part when the realtor's, blow her off obviously lottie and big daddy are very wealthy and she's yeah. like a lifelong friend why can't they just be investors and be Seriously. like oh like here why, we'll loan why you are the they money. watching her like kill herself working two jobs and sleeping like never he gave that little boy like two thousand dollars for a why newspaper can't you give yeah tiana the friend of your child like best friends lifelong best friends, friends whatever and yet anyway so she's She's really sad. She's sad but pretty, just like everyone else. And so she decides to wish on the star. Well, Lottie's like, I'm going to go down and continue being stressed out. Bye. And so Tiana's well, I think upstairs. the prince shows up, doesn't it? That's why she goes. Maybe. I don't know. The prince but shows Tiana- up. So Lottie's like, oh, shit, I got to go. Yeah. So she runs down and Tiana's upstairs. And she's like, oh, I'm going to wish on a star. And she's leaning against a pillar looking all pretty and sad. Yep. And then to her right. She hears something. I don't remember what he says. Is that the one, one, one that you have? Oh, about? no. It was a frog. He, he, she, she looked over and she saw the frog. And he's yeah. staring at her. And then she just says something like, I suppose you want a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who this dude is who plays Naveen, but his comedic time and his fucking it's choice. It's so good. And he just goes, kissing would be nice, no? <laughs> and she smacks him with a book. Fair. Yeah, I would do that too. Yeah. Um. Also, her fear of kissing frogs is so specific. It's pretty amazing that it like managed to manifest itself into her. Right. Real life. Like that's a pretty odd phobia to have yeah. developed. Where did that and come from, happened. girl? And then so turns out that the frog is Prince Naveen. Mm-hmm. He has been transformed by the Shadow Man, and he's trying to convince her to kiss him. He yep. says, "You will enjoy. I guarantee. All women <laughs> enjoy the kiss of Prince Naveen." <laughs> 
think mighty highly of yourself there, dude. Yeah, he's he's not got a confidence issue. So she's like, yeah. That said, I would kiss the frog for enough money to buy a restaurant. This is all I'm saying. I'm saying I would yeah. do it. Yeah, I mean, they're it's it's gross, but yeah, I would do it Just for that much peck. money. It's a little peck. Yeah. And he's like, I will help you buy this restaurant. My parents are rich if you turn me back into a person. And she's like, all right. So she gives him a kiss. And they both are frogs mm. now. It's the Shrek treatment. The Shrek treatment. So now mm. she is a frog. She's freaking out like women do. Like you do, because girls can't handle anything. Yep. It's probably on her period. Right. The animators started with realistic designs for the frog characters, but they eventually went for the cutesy characters, removing all that is unappealing in frogs. I mean, that's probably not a bad idea. Probably not a bad idea for a little cartoon frog thing. But, you know, she's still the girl frog. Like, she has eyelashes. She's got eyeliner. I don't think you need to sexualize the frogs. To be fair, they did not give her breasts. That's a pretty low bar, Jess. It is a low bar, but how many other animal movies do they give the female animals breasts in? I guess so. Right? Like, that's not how frogs work, so it's a good thing that they didn't do that. No, frogs do not, in fact, have boobs. Um, The one thing I did notice is that these frogs have teeth. Do frogs not have teeth? Oh, I guess they don't have teeth. Of 7,000 frog varieties and species in the world, there is one type of frog that actually has teeth. Like a full set of teeth. What kind? Um, It is called Gunther's marsupial frog. I cannot pronounce the scientific name, so I did not even put it down here. No. It actually has a fairly similar body shape to the frogs that they're animated, so I'm going to let the teeth thing go. Okay. Well, so they... Then they we get the scene. They're going through the whole masquerade yeah. and like they're just chaos. trying to get out. They're freaking out. They're trying to get out. So they're in the masquerade. They hop around. Then Stella Tiana yells them. something. And the dog and Stella, talks to her. Stella's like Tiana, and then Tiana's we never like, oh, see fuck. the dog again. Yeah, but now she knows she can talk to animals, which yes. is like so Doctor Doolittle of her. So dark. And they flee off into the woods. And she's like, "What the fuck is going on?" And he's like, "Hey, I know. I get it. I'm freaked out too." So they go and they're just like they end up just like in the bayou. Just they're they're they are officially in the bayou, and they're in the water. And the alligators are coming to eat them. The alligators are coming to eat them. One of the alligators was voiced by Emeril Lagasse. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> yes, I saw that when I was looking through the cast. I was like, why is Emeril Lagasse Uh-oh. in this? That is so funny. Just such a weird like they must have been like, hey, you want to be in this? He's like, all I'm- right. Glad he's still getting work. Good for him. I haven't seen him in a long time. Is he still alive? I hope so. Oh, I hope COVID didn't get him. Emerald Lagasse. Miss COVID. No, he's still alive. Oh, good. Just probably just, you know, cooking and hanging out, doing living his life. Um, but yeah, so they're chased by the alligators. They end up inside of like a hollowed out log tree as you do yeah as you think naveen wants to bone his frogs does he say that not in those exact words he's like let's make love he's definitely trying to come on to her though and like dude yeah i think he can't turn it off i've known guys like you know what then he's gotta fucking learn because that's not our problem it's not her problem either it's not her problem so then we end up it's the next morning and naveen wakes up and she's not in there and he goes outside and she's built a fucking raft yeah she's definitely a survivor this girl is just keeping shit moving she's 100 percent too good for him a hundred percent 100 percent so she builds a raft and they start going and then there's another alligator behind them but but He's a fun trumpet-playing alligator. He's a fun trumpet alligator. I don't think that an alligator could play the trumpet. 
anatomically. more concerned about where the alligator got a trumpet. Well, he Whose definitely killed somebody that? for a trumpet. He, he 100% murdered somebody trumpet? for that trumpet. I don't know. I don't think that was on an episode of My Favorite Murder, but I'll definitely go through the archives. Okay, let me know. So this is Lewis, the alligator. Mm-hmm. He want, His greatest ambition is to play on a riverboat with a band. So we get his backstory of how he wants to play the trumpet and he once tried to play, sneak onto a riverboat and play with them. And I got to tell you that I feel like if in the 1920s, a crocodile started playing a trumpet on a boat, someone would be trying to make money off of that. Oh, yeah. Right. His his name is P.T. Barnum. His name is P.T. Barnum and he would have been all over that. He might have been dead at that point, but I don't know. I don't remember. So there, we get like another song and they're going around. Naveen keeps finding these perfectly shaped twigs with spider webs on them so he can play his little ukulele noise with it. Yes. Why does he keep finding these strings? I don't know. These perfectly little shaped things. Anyway. He's just very talented with that. So they part ways. They're trying to figure out how they can get rid of this curse. And Lewis is like, oh, well, we, I'll take you to Mama Odie's. Oh, but it's really scary that way. I can't go. Well, yeah, it's like, we'll go to Mama Odie's, but it's scary. I don't want to, like, take you all the way there. Mama Odie is a voodoo priestess. He brings, I think that he brings them, like, most of the way there. Then he turns around and leaves. And I know this is a kid's movie, but, like, you see this alligator's butt a lot, and he does not have an asshole. Neither do the frogs. But I feel like an alligator's butthole would be a lot more visible because they're so much bigger than a frog. But if we're zoomed in on a frog, the proportionately would be the same. I guess so. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not saying I wanted to see the alligator's butthole. I'm just saying that it kind of bothered me that I couldn't. Fair enough. It really took me out of the moment. Took you out of there. And there's just another, like, comedic moment when Naveen, the dude, (laughs) the alligator, Lewis leaves, and Naveen's like, enjoy your loneliness, my friend. Right. He, like, shames them Uh, into following them, so. mm -hmm. So then Lewis decides to keep helping them, and they're going through, and... We get this scene where they're like swimming along and fucking Tiana is doing everything to keep them on track. She's she single-handedly, keeping, single-handedly them keeping them in line to get to this. Like, girl, stop doing all this work for these people. Yeah. You are doing too much for these assholes. Yep. Yeah. What happens then? How do we get to the tongue-tied scene? I can't remember. Oh, she just like starts involuntarily trying to get a fly oh right because they're like oh they're hungry so they're both like trying to get these flies and then and then their tongues become like tied together and it's just there's something about this scene that's so fucking gross to me like yeah yeah yeah, yeah, actually turns my stomach and makes me physically ill so i can't really watch it because it's just like their tongues are all well and then lewis tries to like untie them but makes it like the really gross yeah and you can like see all the like drool and shit it's it's really gross but then who drunkenly staggers through the air with a little flickering bum but one of the greatest Disney characters of all time, <laughs> Ray, the swamp-dwelling Cajun firefly who has the most spectacular Yaz accent. Yes. And that shit's not easy to do. No. And this is um Jim Cummings, who is also Disney royalty, has been yes. in, similar to Frank Walker, has been in a billion Disney movies. Yeah. But he usually has speaking roles. Is this, like, for a firefly, like, so many cultural microaggressions crammed into one little bug probably but i love him yeah i was kind of like huh this feels not great but all right it's funny and so ray is like this alligator is leading you the wrong way dumbass dumbass so 
he calls up the fireflies and we get this beautiful shot of like the fireflies yeah. coming up and out and it's so beautiful and then there's grandma firefly with her walker that's funny <laughs> that's really funny that's a good gag yeah and so the fireflies lead them to mama odie's ship in a tree that she's living in and they all the fireflies start to leave and ray calls out to them to say hello to evangeline and we discover <laughs> that's that my woman up dead. That's he's evangeline. in love with evangeline which apparently evangeline the name is a nod to the henry wadsworth longfellow poem of the same oh. name which is terrible it's about the um the great upheaval up in canada where they were the british were like kicking the french out of canada oh so her this woman evangeline was betrothed to a guy named Gabriel and they got separated and she traverses across America trying to find him and she finally finds him and he's dying and he dies in her arms and it's tragic and yeah well that's not how me and Evangeline are gonna go sure it's not baby (laughs) (laughs) so that's okay interesting but she's like the North Star I think isn't she yeah, I think so. But he's like, that's Evangeline. That's We're Evangeline. in love. You know what, bro? You and it's live your insane. best life. But, you know, there are people who are like in love with bridges and the Eiffel Tower and shit. So it's not hurting anyone for you. I to don't just remember what it's called, star. but it's some kind of weird philia. Probably. So then we meet Mama Odie. Who I'm mean not Mama Odie. actually sure they ever say that she's a voodoo priestess. I can't remember. I think that Lewis might say something about it. Or okay. that she's like a powerful witch of some sort, but she. Yeah, I, just, I guess I feel like this is like one of those popular media treating voodoo as bad and evil. It is. I don't think she's necessarily portrayed as evil. She's definitely portrayed as like a, a well, practicer of black magic. So my point is that we get the shadow man, who they are very clearly calling out as yes. a practitioner of voodoo. Mm-hmm. It's repeatedly said that he's doing voodoo and he's got the voodoo dolls, which aren't even part of voodoo. A very, very shitty representation of what voodoo is. Yeah. And so, and then that, and then we have Mama Odie, who I feel like I can't recall them saying that she's actually voodoo. So she's like the good one. And then mm-hmm. we have the bad one who's actually being called voodoo all the time. Right. But yeah, I just, I don't know. It's, good point. Good it's, point. Voodoo isn't actually evil, guys. Okay. It's Haitian, but- isn't it? I believe so, yeah. And it's it's wildly misrepresented in media and has been for decades. It's not about uh, doing evil onto people. Not at all. And yet. And yet. And so they have a big old song about figuring out what you need and not what you want. And Naveen gets the hint, but Tiana's just still like, I need my restaurant. She is definitely a victim of capitalism. Oh, so basically she what sure her is. whole her whole song is about like you have to figure out what you actually need and what not what you think you need. And Tiana's like, Well, I need to work even harder. Oh, we skipped a whole chunk. Oh, we did? Yeah, there's the whole part where the, the swamp folk are hunting for frog legs. I think that that comes later. Does it? Yeah, we're yeah, it's right below here. I'm just trying to remember what way the order of the movie goes though. Oh, I think- I thought that they stopped and got like made soup and got frog legged is that after hold on let me look oh please i'm going to google it okay because i can't remember how that goes but oh it doesn't actually say anything in here about the swamp people Fuck. well it doesn't really matter we can just talk about it and okay well wherever the swamp people fell in they're hunting them for frog yes legs? they're being hunted for frog legs which is a delicacy and that is again that's a, another cajun thing because that's a french thing yeah frog legs are very very french creole people are of french hair creole or cajun people i remember this is very insensitive are of um french background yes. 
again, this is kind of a weird amalgamation because this is like these people who are introduced are clearly supposed to be like these. They're deformed, so they're obviously inbred, which is like a pretty bold move for a children's movie to make. Yeah. And they're just these dumb hicks and they're hunting people on the or hunting frogs on the bayou. And it's pretty and they're all not about great. Two frogs. I feel like there's not a lot of meat on a frog leg. There's you. I think that you need a whole shitload. Right. Like I feel like four frog legs is not going to cover the three of yours. Maybe they're starving. Maybe. Times but I feel are tough. like you could probably find a better use for your time than hunting frogs. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Or at least hunting two frogs. Go to a yeah. place where it's it's heavy with frogs. And then again, Tiana is still doing all of the work. She is doing yes. all of the work to try to save Naveen. And he doesn't know how to do anything. Like let them eat him, girl. Like you can do better than this. She likes it. Apparently. She's into it. And then Lewis is still hanging out with them. Yeah. And he's got like burrs in his skin. How are the burrs sticking to the alligator? I don't know. But there is a scene where he turns around. You know what I see? Burrs. You know what I don't see? Butthole. Butthole. No butthole. No butthole. And then they... See, this is why I feel like this was before they meet Madame Odie. Or Mama Odie. Because then they're making like food and somehow Tiana makes a gumbo in the forest and she starts a fire as a frog. I don't know how that happened. And Naveen minces some mushrooms. And that's... Oh, this is like a very, this is how he falls in love with her because the way to a yeah. man's heart's through his stomach. Clearly. And then they go to Mama Odie and they have their song. Right. Mama and... Odie also has a weird relationship with her snake. That poor snake. It's like, remind me a lot of Sir Hiss from Robin Hood. There are a lot of things in this movie that feel like they're just nods to other movies. Like there's a shot... Yeah. When Lottie is dancing with the Prince Naveen that is actually Naveen's butler in disguise. And it looks like a shot from Cinderella. It's it's the same one. It's the overlay. It's yeah. the Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. And it's just, they yeah. do a lot of this stuff. And apparently there's like, I don't know, there's just a lot of this movie really felt like they couldn't recycled. just let it be its own movie. Yeah. Right. Like a lot of it's recycled. Like when we get to it later, when they get to the parade and it, I think I call it reverse Little Mermaid. Yeah, um, you're not wrong. And it's just weird. But so they talk to Mama Odie. He, yeah, he does look like Sir Hiss. And yeah, and like we said, Tiana is definitely a victim of capitalism because this girl just can't. All she's doing is working to get her restaurant. She's also a black woman in the South in like 1916. So what else is she going to do? You right? got to fucking work your ass off to get half as far. Seriously. So they leave Mama Odie's because she can't magically fix them. But yeah. she's making gumbo in a bathtub. So whatever, yeah. girl. You live, you live your life. This is literally the life I want without the snake. And then they end up on a riverboat that happens to be all like people in costumes. So Lewis goes yeah. off to play with the band because they think he's just in a really good costume. That'd be a great costume. It would be. And Tiana goes to watch him and... Naveen is like making a ring out of a bead and some wire. Yeah, he wants to marry her. He's he decided. De- he's decided after 12 hours of being a frog with her that this is it. Hey, man, when you know, you know. Apparently. So he sets up a beautiful dinner on the top of the boat. That's just chopped vegetables. That's just chopped vegetables because he's got one trick. He's trying. He's doing his best, but he's really mucking up this proposal. Yeah. Like it is not going well. He doesn't even manage to get it out. He doesn't even manage to get it out. And, like, honestly, nothing he has done has, should be getting Tiana to throw her dream away. Oh. He's, or to well, even like him. Or care about him. He's saying that, like, she has to not do her thing. Yeah, but, like, there's no, nothing this guy is doing is in any way a reason for her to say yes. 
That's true. Like, he's the worst. He hasn't made any attempt to woo her. No. And so he doesn't actually get his proposal out. And she's talking about how her restaurant is, like, the big deal because they're they're passing by where it is on the riverfront or whatever. And then they finally get to New Orleans again. And there's the Mardi Gras parade happening. Yeah. And there's a big float that's King Titan. Yes. We haven't talked anything about how... Oh, we for- we've totally forgot about Lottie in this whole well, thing. Well, it's so stupid. It's, like, so, not even entertaining. Oh, right. So, because... The butler is pretending to be Naveen. He's basically but running like out of polyjuice the polyjuice potion, and he yeah. looks like Naveen, but it requires. But Naveen's it's running blood. out. So the shadow man has sent the shadows out to collect or to find Naveen. Mm-hmm. And do they get him before they when they're on the boat? Is that what it was? Or I think that yeah, I think that they get him when he's on the boat, and yeah. then they drag him back. And to so the they islands. and so Lewis and Tiana go out to like because the whole plan is to get to the parade i guess to find mm-hmm. lottie who is the princess of mardi gras because her father is the king of mardi gras i guess yeah so they're trying to get her to kiss him yeah and so then we are at the parade and tiana sees who she thinks is naveen but is actually the lawrence lawrence in disguise as naveen and lottie on the parade float getting married and this one i was this is where i was like oh this is reverse little mermaid yeah because it's it looks exactly like the shot from Little Mermaid when Vanessa is like cuddling mm-hmm. up to Prince Eric. It's true. And I was like, yep. oh, okay, so this is just that. That All right, cool. And then so the whole, the Shadow Man's whole plot is to kill Big Daddy and then he'll become king of New Orleans? How does that, that work? That doesn't make any sense. Right? Like, what is the plan here? S- stick to insensitive voodoo Shadow Man. Right. And then I can't remember what happens. They... <laughs> it's like when you start checking out right something happens that the voodoo man is chasing the, the f- oh they got the necklace somehow. with the blood in it with the blood vial so they got the necklace with the blood that's keeping the naveen imposter looking like naveen yes and they're ray got it ray the firefly got it right yeah, that's right yeah ray yeah. managed to grab so he's it he's flying with it and the shadow man is chasing him and then tragedy ray got brought real low yeah ray got smushed and then he throws the amulet to Tiana and she keeps running. And then we get a scene where the shadow man gives her like a vision of what she could have. Yeah. He's like if, trying to seduce her to the dark honestly, side. Basically. She should have taken his deal. Girl could have had but, her restaurant. Um, What was he trying to get her to not, to not he, do? To, he was trying to get the necklace back from her because she had the oh, amulet okay. necklace at this point. Yeah. But then Big Daddy would have died. Yeah. But he's not that great anyway. He's got he's like a Daddy. sugar plantation. Uh, like, well, that's true. If he was any good, he would have just funded Tiana's restaurant on his own. Big daddy. But so then she she says no. She says she's better than that. Whatever. Yeah. And then she smashes the amulet. And he which, goes, oh, no. Which gives us the really great scene when all of the, like, the voodoo shadow people come to take him. Yeah, they're pissed at him now because they're like, well, you're not holding up your end of the bargain. Right. We aren't going to get shit. So you're coming with us now. And then is it Lewis that shows up with? Lewis shows up cradling poor Ray. And he says something like, Ray's been brought down real low. Real low. And we, and we don't actually see it. So, you know, if you don't see it on screen, it doesn't count. But Ray dies. Ray dies. He's dead. And he becomes a second star up by Evangeline. So So sweet. Good for him. I was extremely upset when that happened in that movie because I love Ray. And then Naveen and Tiana still as frogs. They're still frogs. They're going to race to find Charlotte so that Charlotte can kiss him and before midnight. Before midnight so that he can become, they can both become human again and he can fund Tiana's restaurant. How How come she would become human again just because he was human again? 
I imagine it's a matter of the curses being tied together. But they don't know for sure. You are thinking too hard about this movie. I'm Ellie. just saying. I don't want to pull too many threads here, but you know. And now Tiana's all like upset because he's going to marry Lottie. Yeah. She's pissed. Because he's trying to do it for her. He's trying to marry, he's mm-hmm. going to marry Lottie for Tiana so that she can yeah. have her restaurant because that's it's what she is. It's all very convoluted. It's all very convoluted. And this guy has done nothing to deserve her love. And Lottie is all like, oh, it's true love. I'll kiss him for you so that you can have your restaurant and the prince. And like, it's not true love, Charlotte. This is dumb. It's dumb. You should, have, you should be there to tell them that. Set him straight. But, so she's finally going to kiss him, but it's too late. It's too late. It's midnight. Gong, 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 gong. And so she kisses him and nothing happens. And then they just go back to the bayou and hang out, I guess. And then yeah, eventually, and they're like, we're, we're Madame, frogs now. Mama Odie marries them as frogs. Yes. And they oh, kiss. Nothing like a good old frog wedding. Nothing like a good old frog wedding. Not a whole lot of entertainment out there in the bayou, I guess. Yeah. And they become human again when they kiss. And she's wearing a beautiful lotus-inspired dress. It's gorgeous. The argument being is that once they got married, she was then a princess and her kiss would break the spell. That's pretty funny, though. I have a lot of complaints and arguments against this one. What do you mean? So, in Connor, actually, let me find this text from Connor because he found the Wikipedia article about it for me. Oh, boy. (laughs) Okay, I'm ready. So, if a person of royal blood marries a commoner, it's called a morgantic marriage. Okay. Technically speaking, in most cultures that we could find, they are not princesses. Okay. Like, Kate married William, and she became a duchess, but she is not a princess. Okay. So, she's not probably a princess. That's really weird, because I feel like a few minutes ago, you were telling me that I was thinking about this too hard. Okay, I know, but you know how I get about this shit. Yeah. So, um, in most... Or in a lot of cultures, like in like the Dutch royalty family, if you married a commoner, you had to abdicate the throne. Right. You could not be a prince and marry a commoner and stay You're a like, prince. Do so somehow. There's like no reasoning behind why she would have broken the curse because she wouldn't have been a princess. Okay. So they should take have it up with frogs. Disney. Yeah, I will. I'm gonna call them when we're yeah. done. Sue them. But anyway, they get married. Yeah. They, go get, they get married again because blind ladies and bayous are not legally binding marriages. Yeah, they want a human wedding. They want a human wedding. And they still open her restaurant, which to me feels like you. there's no way you're opening a restaurant if you're a princess of another country. He is supportive of his woman's dreams. I think it's sweet. I guess, but like, can you ever really know if your restaurant is good or if people are just coming because you're the princess of Moldovia or whatever? Who cares? I think Tiana cares. I don't give a shit. I would just be like, oh, whatever. It's going great. But anyway, she's got her fancy restaurant. Yeah. And Charlotte's dancing with like a six-year-old. I didn't like this part. Oh, she's like, well, how old are you? Well, I've waited this long. That's implying that she is going to wait for a child. Creepy and as fuck. And a real Charlotte. actual child. It is creepy as fuck. She's a creepy person. She's really sheltered and single-focused on marrying a prince. I guess maybe she feels like she can't do anything else. I mean, to be fair, she was a woman in the 1920s. Yeah. She it's probably couldn't do anything else. Tough time. She had to marry well. That was like the goal. That's her job. That was honestly. Her job. Ugh. Anyway. And that's it. That's the end of the movie. That's it. That's the movie. And like I said, I honestly don't think that I'd watched it before. And I don't know that I'd ever watch it again. Oh, there you go. Yeah. We anyway. can't agree on everything. We agree on most I don't know. Like I said, like I said, I think I think it just because I was watching it so critically. Mm-hmm. It kind of ruined it for me. And as That'll my happen. first watch through of it, that was not a good first watch yeah. of it. Yeah. No, I understand. That's fair. Adaptations. There's a couple things. In Ralph breaks the internet. There's the scene with all the princesses. Mm-hmm. 
And when the clips of it were first released, people were pissed because they had lightened her skin. Oh, is that and, true? Like, really given her like they narrowed her nose they made her very european and features and so disney ended up bringing in anika nani rose who voiced tiana and the advocacy group advocacy group color of change and they redesigned tiana so she more closely resembled the original movie so they keep fucking people up and then bringing in like cultural awareness groups this is like a thing if you had just done that to start with maybe you would yeah for real okay there's gonna be a tv show this year apparently on disney plus it's been 13 years. It's a pretty long break on that, but apparently, I mean, it's better late than never, I guess. I guess so. Apparently it's the first show they're doing to a, to be produced by Walt Disney Animation Studios rather than the Disney television animation. Oh, okay. So I'd be interested to see how that yeah. plays out. Disney Plus, you said? Disney Plus, because everything is separated now and terrible. Yeah, that's true. They're also redesigning Disneyland's Splash Mountain from what it currently is as Song of the South. Because did you know that Splash Mountain is themed around Song of the South? I didn't. Yeah, it I did sure not know fucking that. is. Um, I haven't been to Splash Mountain and I haven't seen Song of the South, so. No, but it's they're going to theme it around this movie or more like events after this movie. Like it's going to be like a Mardi Gras themed, apparently. Well, that's probably okay. okay. Yeah. But yeah, so that's all I got. What would you rate this movie? I would rate this movie 6 out of 10 frog legs. I'm going to rate this movie 7.5 out of 10 dead fireflies. Fair. I think it. the music is great. Mm-hmm. I don't think we really touched on it. Like, aside from me feeling like it wasn't mixed well into the audio, yeah. the music is really good. I, I felt like, like they were trying to make it sound like it was like, gospel church music like you were in a church here and yeah there's a lot of echo mm-hmm. in the songs that just didn't mesh well with the other audio that we were getting from it so i think that's why it felt really weird to me but the music was great other than that that's yeah i think that's fair. Out, i think it was really good music i think that's a fair criticism of it and again i just it does feel like it's pandering a little bit especially because like have we seen any other black princesses since then? No, not really. It has been 13 years. I think you probably could have pulled off another one in that time. I mean, it's taken them so long. What I mean, was we the, did first, get the first Moana. one in Mex- There was Moana. Moana so was we really well done. Polynesia and then so Coco. There are at least people of color. In Mexico, but they're starting. I and mean, there's Ekanto is the new one that just I came out. I haven't seen that one. I haven't one. watched it yet. I've heard very good things about it, though, so. I'll see it. I think it's based in Colombia. I think so. So yeah, like we're we're getting some people of color. We're getting so, there. Right. But to be fair, all of those are in the last five years. Yep, those are all pretty new. So that's not really get your shit together. Get your shit together, Disney. Well, they're working on it. <sighs> I mean, there's a lot of ground to make up, but maybe they'll get there. Probably not. But Probably maybe not. I'm not gonna hold my breath. <sighs> Anything else? I think that that's it. This wasn't as bad as I thought it was gonna be. Our first time back in a while. Yeah, we haven't done this in like seven months. That's all right. It's just like riding a bike. Just like riding a bike. Well, that was our episode about the princess and the frog. Thank you for listening. Thank you. If we screwed something up, which is not unheard of, let us know. We'd like to talk to people someday. Maybe someone will talk to us. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at WTPA Pod. Our email is the same thing at gmail.com. Get your booster. Get your booster shot. Get your first shot, and then your second shot, then your booster, and wear a mask. Get fucking vaccinated, kids. Just get vaccinated. Just get it's vaccinated. super easy. It's easy. And, and then this will all be over, um, and then I can like go to eat in a restaurant. in a pandemic. I yeah, I'm really wanna, sick of it. I want to go to a movie theater. Yeah, I want to go to a class and I not have to sit eight feet away. For two years. 
We've been twice. Yeah. We went twice. Last movie I went to was you and I went and saw Pride and Prejudice at the Alamo, like right before everything dropped. That horrible snowstorm on the way back. Yeah, that was awful. That was a good time, though. Yeah. All right. We've probably seen that movie 10 times together. Easily. Easily. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. And we will have another episode out before six months, we promise. Fingers crossed. Mm Mm-hmm. We're all slightly less depressed than we were. Maybe. Maybe. I had a morality question for you. I'm curious what your answer is. If you were in like a Donner Party situation, do you think you could eat somebody who died of natural causes? First of all, the Donner Party was a bunch of dummies. They were told not to go through there and they did anyway. I'm not defending the Donners. They were Um, very ill-advised. Like if your choice was to survive and eat somebody or die, Mm. Mm -hmm. right? Like I don't think I could do it. No? I think I would be like, Here's the deal. I know we're in dire straits. I'm going to throw myself off a cliff. I'm going to be nice and tenderized for you guys and you can have at me, but I can't do it, but I want you to do it to me. You know what I mean? You'd be the self-sacrificer? Yeah. Um, anything to be a martyr. Same like, oh, how would you survive a zombie apocalypse? Bitch, I wouldn't. I'd be Just like, well, I'm up. killing myself now. I'm shooting myself right in the head. I'm not running anywhere. Fuck that. I'm not, not going to run for my life. For what? I've seen The Walking Dead. That's no life. <laughs> I'll just die. I'll just die. Yeah, I don't know. Like, sometimes it comes down to, like, if it's the difference between living and not living. Yeah. Also, the Donners were... Dumb fucks. Really, really dumb. Like, there was somebody... I can't remember, because I remember reading an article about this. And, like, there was some guy who, like, trekked back to them to try to get them to help. And there were, like, Native Americans in the area that were trying to, like, help them. And they were all like, no, we don't need help. Yeah. Clearly, that they were wrong. It was a bunch of men bunch of dumb fuckers the only people i feel sorry for are the kids i do remember reading or i I listened to a couple podcasts about it just like little episodic ones and they did have a system so that (laughs) they made sure you didn't eat your friends or family (laughs) which is like pretty good like all right i'm not gonna eat jonah that's my only stipulation they're like no no no, you're lying here you're you're eating ted who's ted good you don't know him (laughs) i just it's kind of mind-blowingly how like stubborn and stupid they were about it yeah sounds about white sounds about white